Hi, I'm Katie Humphrey and welcome to the Behind the Business podcast. Hi and welcome to this episode of the Behind the Business podcast with me, Katie Humphrey. Today I have a really, really exciting guest with me. It is the lovely Loretta Kundi and Loretta is a coaching psychologist, researcher and speaker. Welcome Loretta, thank you ever so much for joining me. Hi Katie, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. It's really lovely to be here. I'm so excited to have this conversation. I think um, even just from a bit of a selfish perspective, I'm really excited to kind of hear your thoughts on uh, coaching and counselling and the grey space between and hear your your journey through personal development and getting into coaching. So all things that very much excite me. (laughs) Um, So I'm going to pass over to you if you would just like to tell us a little bit more about who you are and what you do. Okay, amazing. Thank you so much. So I am a coaching psychologist. Um, I am with the British Psychological Society. So, you know, I'll go into that in a minute, but there's a beautiful stream that has opened up. So fingers crossed, I'll be a chartered coaching psychologist soon. Um, So I work with individuals and within the organizational space. Um, Mainly my areas of specialism or the areas that I really like to work with are personal development stress management and prevention, the health and well-being side of things, resilience, all that sort of good stuff. Um, And then I also do retreats and I'm a researcher. I'm busy doing my PhD at the moment. Um, And then I do uh, talking and speaking as well on the different subjects and the different interests that I have. So that's me in a nutshell, really. (laughs) That keeps you pretty busy. Yeah, it does. But I love love it. I'm, you know, as, as yourself, you know, it's one of those areas that, it's really interesting and there's so many different fascinating things always constantly evolving so it's uh it's never a chore really it's fun it's good yeah I know exactly how you feel and uh it makes it hard for me to switch off sometimes because I enjoy it so much (laughs) (laughs) would you like to um kind of get us started then and tell us a little bit about your journey kind of how you got into coaching and your personal development Yeah, absolutely. So um, my story kind of starts sort of earlier on, really. Um, And I've spent some time, actually, interestingly enough, for the research that I'm doing, having to really reflect on this and how I've come to be the practitioner that I am today. Um, I would say that, you know, I had quite a difficult childhood growing up, and that shaped me in quite negative ways, unhelpful ways. which led me down quite a number of paths. And at the age of 23, um, I had just moved from South Africa to the UK. I had my children, they were both under six and I found myself divorced and I had no formal education. And all those experiences that I had in my earlier years had really shaped that sort of unhelpful, learnt um, helplessness, you know, negative self-belief and esteem and all of that sort of stuff. And I kind of got to a point probably at at the age of 25 where things just weren't working, that I was like, something has to give, you know, I I can't carry my life on like this. And I started reading anything that I could get my hands on that was around the self-development side of things. And, you know, at the time I was like working all sorts of jobs just to try to make ends meet. And so I remember sitting in, I think it's Waterstones. They don't really have them that meaning it now. And they had like a Costa Coffee cafe. 
<laughs> in the Waterstones and I would go and order myself a coffee and then I'd read the books and as many as I could I kind of spend the day while the kids were at school I'd spend the day um, when I could reading as many self-help books that I got my hands on and I kind of then you know started seeing things in a different light and thinking about things in a different way and you know I think as you gain awareness and self-knowledge, you start to go, okay, maybe things aren't the way that I believe they are. Maybe there is something more here. Maybe I can think of something in a different way or see things from a different perspective. And I guess that started happening for me. Um, and I kind of found that I was inspired by this and I wanted to know more and I was motivated. And so I did a coaching diploma and I did the coaching diploma purely for my own self-development. I had no intention on becoming a coach, actually, <laughs> which is funny when you look back on it. And um, I, I was working in as, as an event organizer at the time, and I was made redundant about a year later. And I had always wanted to study. I didn't know what I wanted to study. And life circumstances just hadn't given me the opportunity. And from doing that, all that reading and the coaching diploma, things started to shift for me. I started to, you know, believe that maybe I could do this. Maybe things aren't set, that they're not predetermined, that I'm not condemned to be stuck in this life the way it is. And that I, I had some power and I had some decisions and I could make choices. And so I decided actually that would was the right time when I was made redundant to try and get myself to university. And that was a, that was a whole other thing. I, I had no formal education, as I had said, but I qualified as a mature student. So they couldn't find any records for like my English or my maths for the schooling that I had done. And um, I had like a two week window before the deadline was uh, for the September deadline, the cutoff. And I remember going and physically knocking on the university's door saying, what do I need to do? I'm willing to do whatever to, to be able to have this opportunity. And they were like, okay, well, we see that you've done a personal statement. So that's fine. <laughs> Clearly you can read or write and that's good, but we need you to have a certain level of maths. And um, I had formed a really good relationship with my daughter's primary school teacher. And she just, I basically asked her if she would um, do some tutoring with me. And she tutored me and I sat my math test and I passed and I got on. And I, a very long story here, but, but basically that, that undergraduate, which was in counseling and psychology, was really life transforming for me um, for, a number of, for a number of levels, you know, I guess. I got to understand, you know, I was studying counseling and psychology, how the mind works, how certain circumstances can impact us, how the brain processes information, how trauma impacts our brains from processing sort of, sort of certain information, even down to things like, you know, dyslexia, because that's something that I suffer with as well, not suffer with, it's something that I have, and how it's, it's just a, a different way that the brain processes information. So all of that information I was able to apply to myself and start to see myself in a different light. And that was having an impact on the way that I was studying and my, my own personal life. And, you know, I knew that I was in the right place. And I knew that this was something that I was passionate about. And 
wanted to get out into the world and felt quite strongly around. And then I got to my third year and I did a whole module in critical psychology. And I also did my um, dissertation and I used discourse analysis. And that, again, that really shaped me and it's, it's kind of had a long-term impact on me. And it really looks at, you know, it, like, it, like the label says, it's quite critical on psychology and the role that psychology can play. So like the dark side of psychology and, you know, um, bringing into question a number of things within the way that things are set up in the world of psychology and psychiatry and counseling and the medicalization of things and the medical model and all of that sort of stuff. And again, on the discourse side of things, the discourses that we have and the power plays and, you know, the societal influences. And that had quite a profound effect on me. And for a number of reasons, I decided that the counseling psychology route, becoming a counseling psychologist wasn't the right thing for me, that I wanted to have influence in a way earlier up the stream, that I wanted the thriving and flourishing and the prevention side of things and give more voice to that. Like I felt like people needed to have this knowledge and not just when things are going wrong, that people could benefit from this knowledge before, right? We could all do with this stuff. And I was just like, why is, why is this stuff not out there? Why does everyone not know this? Life would be better. We'd all be better for it, right? And so I decided that um, that wasn't the route. And then I, I kind of, at the time, didn't know about coaching psychology. It wasn't on my radar. It's not, it wasn't something that they were offering at universities at the time. And I had a conversation with one of my supervisors and they were like, you know what? you would do really well in organizational psychology. So, cause I knew that psychology was my thing and I wanted to stay down that. So I went and I did a master's in organizational psychology and it was great, but I came away from it and I was like, this is not me. I'm not close to the person enough. You know, I'm busy. I'm in the system and the organization and making that function. And that's wonderful and it has its place, but it actually wasn't me. And so I kind of like did a 360 back to coaching. And at the time, coaching psychology was becoming something that was more spoken about. And I discovered it. And I was like, oh, my God, this is what I, I've been needing in my life. This is it. This is where I belong. And that was mm, six and a half, seven years ago. So, you know, I think on a, the, the personal development side of things and my own journey is kind of they go hand in hand, right? Like I believe that. I have to walk my talk. I have to implement the stuff that I work with my clients. There are practitioners out there as I was going through my day, my like my studies and my learning that again, you know, this is not to speak critically of, of individuals, but that weren't doing their own work. And, you know, this is on the therapeutic side of things and the counseling side of things. And they weren't doing their own work and they, you know, weren't having their dealing with their own stuff. And yet they were supporting other people and that felt incongruent for me and now there's some really good therapists out there and you know counseling psychologists that do so that's not across the board but it just I think the coaching really resonated with me and I think the position that it takes really resonated with me as well because it comes from a position of seeing your client as an equal and seeing your client 
as whole and seeing your client in that non-medicalized or that non-medicalized way, right? So there's a power differential that comes with coaching that's different to the power differential that comes with counseling and therapy. And, you know, there's a lot that's written around that. And I think, like I said, that last module in critical psychology, like once you know stuff, you can't unknow it. And I couldn't see it in a different way. So, yeah, so that's kind of been my journey and it's it's been ongoing and I'm, you know, I'm still on that journey. And I think I'll probably still be on that journey till the day I die because I, I, I feel like we're constantly evolving and changing and life happens and resilience isn't something that you just have. It's something that you've got to nurture and you've got to develop and you've got to take care of and it goes up and down. And, you know, so, so yeah, so I'm, I'm busy doing some more studying and I'm nearly at the end of that at the moment, but I'm very aware of the fact that I've spoken for ages. So I will stop and take a breath and let you say something. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's, I mean, I find it, really fascinating I mean being in a similar arena I could talk about this kind of thing all day so please don't ever apologize for talking a lot it's it's lovely and it's really lovely to hear your journey as well you know because all of our our experiences and our journeys are completely different and especially being in a similar arena it's really nice to for me to hear that um I'm curious as to how it changed your life personally kind of learning all of these um like psychological things and coaching and counseling kind of what affected it how on you personally going through all this learning gosh I think it was hugely transformational for me you know I think I think I I had such negative self-belief and I had such low self-esteem and you know, I think, you know, I had this view that there was something fundamentally wrong with me, you know, to that, that, that point where, you know, you hear those terms of, I feel like broken. I felt like there was something broken. I felt that there was something fundamentally wrong with me. And over the years, what I've discovered is that's not true. And there's absolutely nothing fundamentally wrong with me. And that I was having responses to the experiences that I had had when I was younger and that it made sense and it's normal responses that I would be having and so I got to understand why I might have been having certain experiences or seeing the world in certain ways or responding to the world in certain ways so there was that sort of awareness understanding piece but then also from that you know when you gain awareness and understanding about something you can learn that it doesn't have to be like that right and you can learn to do things in a different way and that takes time and it takes strategies and tools and practices and patience and compassion and all that stuff but you know it it was like um like I talk about this thing in my practice of like Um, undoing doing and redoing and it's kind of like that awareness piece and that unpicking stuff and understanding things and kind of going oh this isn't who I am or this you know is is not mine or this isn't me that's kind of that like unpicking and then you kind of go through a reshuffling of like oh okay reclaiming this is who I am and 
this is how I can do things. Oh, and there's these things called boundaries and assertive communication and, you know, all that. There's loads, right? Mm-hmm. And then you go into life and you kind of start to put that into practice. And as a result, you are different in life and the way you respond to things are different and the way you think about things and feel things and acknowledge things is different and so life is going to be different it can't not be because you're interacting with it in a different way right exactly exactly Um, and I think one of the important things from that as well is as we grow older you know, our reactions to experiences will change. Like I, I won't react to a situation the same way now that I would have done when I was 20. And I won't be reacting to the same situation in the same way when I'm, you know, 50. And it's, yeah, it's, it's so important, I think, to realize that. And it's um, a conversation that I had quite recently uh, with my mum actually about this. And it's one of those things that you don't really think of until somebody says it. And, and I just, it was one of those kind of almost like a light bulb moment. And I was like, how did I never realize this? Because I think of a situation, you know, if you're experiencing something, especially something negative that you've been through in the past, say a job loss, for example. And I think about how I reacted when I was 20 and I take that experience and that learnt the beliefs around it and the, and the learnt behavior from it. And I drag it into my present and I kind of apply it to now and uh and I just it was one of those moments when I was like why am I doing that because you know I've learned so much more I've changed so much more I'm not the same person so why am I kind of dragging those past beliefs into my present and trying to you know behave in the same way or or formulate the same outcome or something and it just it was it for me was one of those kind of light bulb moments and I was like why do we do this? <laughs> yeah, absolutely absolutely and again you know I think as you say that's kind of what you had in in that light bulb moment was that awareness piece, right? It's kind of like, oh my goodness, I'm doing this thing. I'm repeating this pattern or I've got this belief system that's that's driving this way of being or this way of thinking, right? And it's kind of like, if we don't stop and explore that stuff, really, we do. We kind of take that old stuff with us into every new situation and we kind of see it through those lenses right yeah and I guess this is the whole thing you know kind of what you and I do what's I like even a therapist in the, the world of psychology does is it stops and it makes you question things and it makes you reflect on things and it brings up <clears throat> maybe those conscious unconscious subconscious things to the surface so that you start to go oh my goodness, there's this thing that I'm doing there, you know, and I actually don't need to be doing it anymore. And what can I, what can I learn from that? And how can I do it differently next time around? Yeah. And it's, it's, I find it fascinating because I mean, our, our thoughts shape our life, don't they? They, they, our thoughts shape our actions and our emotion and our behavior and our thoughts come from our beliefs. Our beliefs come from our experiences and actually most of our beliefs aren't even ours you know they're they're secondhand beliefs they're beliefs that we've taken on board from whatever that experience was from whoever we've taken it from you know be it family friends society wherever and it it I think it was again one of those things when I just thought how how crazy is it that we live our life and our and 
our emotions and on our behaviors are coming from beliefs that aren't even ours and mm-hmm. yeah and I think for me that that's the power of coaching and I think that when I first started my diploma and learning about coaching was one of the things when I was just it really kind of made me take a step back and think wow like I'm doing these things and I'm behaving in this way and I'm having these thoughts based on things that I don't even believe um and and yeah like I said I think that's that's the power of coaching like you said it's that sitting down and looking at something from another perspective and being like hang on a minute do I even believe this yeah um but it it's amazing in a good and a bad way of how ingrained these things are and I mean I've practiced doing this and I I personally have coaching and I have therapy and um and I self-develop constantly but it's it's like I said it's so deeply ingrained I still find myself saying things then being like hold on a minute it's almost like it comes out your mouth and you're like whoa 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 (laughs) like I don't believe that at all and I, I actually had this in a conversation the other day and I said oh there's somebody that I was talking about I said oh you know they're quite they've got quite a brash and abrasive personality and I really like that because that's just like me and then I was like we were were walking and I stopped and I went no it's not why have I I was like why have I said that and it's because in my past when I was younger I was really really insecure I had no self-worth no self-belief and I put on this really brash outspoken loud confident personality you know I I talk really openly about sex and I would I'd swear loads and you know just be really brash and abrasive uh, because I was hiding all these insecurities um and now I'm not like that at all but you know because that was so kind of ingrained in me I even still said it and I had to kind of stop and take a step back and be like no no that's not why because I'm not that person and but it just tumbles out doesn't it yeah absolutely absolutely and it's and it's quite interesting again you know it's like those those things those beliefs that we've and values I guess as well that we've inherited ultimately is what I'm hearing you know and you know I have a a very similar viewpoint but also we've inherited it from other individuals that have inherited from other individuals and that kind of can track back all the way through right and then we have the societal norms and the like cultural expectations you know so the culture that we're in right now will be slightly different to the culture that our children will be in will be slightly different to the culture that our parents were in and there's all these unwritten rules and expectations and norms and ways to kind of be right that we too take on board as our own our own beliefs our own values and we don't question that and then we live our lives through that right and again what coaching can do is it can stop and go why is why are you doing that why where does that value come from is that your value really right or is that a value that you've inherited along the way and does it really authentically sit with you or is it actually something that you want to let go of? And that can be hugely powerful as well. It's like very liberating and very, I don't know. I I feel like it kind of, there's a way of um, freedom and empowerment that comes with that sort of thing, right? Because then you, then you know why you're doing something and you know why it gives you that, um, you know, it's that whole thing about your why, but it kind of gives you that, belief to stand firm and to say no or say yes or 
go against the grain sometimes, you know, which can be really scary because going against the grain means that on some levels, so again, if you think about like the human brain, the human brain is hardwired to be social. You know, a human baby is designed to survive with its mother. It like cannot survive by itself. So that social network, the tribe, is so fundamentally important, particularly if you're thinking back in the day, in like, you know, when we were running across the plains, was so fundamentally important for our survival, our physical survival, that being ostracized from the group is a threat. And our brains and bodies and minds still view it that way. So going against something or going against a belief or a value or a norm that we've inherited can feel very scary until we stop and question it and look at it and figure out where it's come from and whether we agree with it or not. Yeah, I 100% agree. Yeah. And and I, I really love that because it's, like you said, it gives you that power to have that confidence in your decision making. Um, and I, I have that with some of my clients and we talk about values and, you know, figuring out what your core values are because they can be your roots, you know, and, and really ground you. So when you're making those decisions, even if, like you said, it goes against the grain, you know, 100% within you that it's the right thing to do, whether it goes against the grain or not. Yeah, absolutely absolutely it's so powerful and it's so I think a lot of us don't don't do that right a lot of us haven't had the opportunity to ask ourselves those questions and it's I, I've seen very similar to you in my work when clients have the opportunity to uncover and unpick that and you know even these things of oh I should be this way in my life and you question where why who says where does that originate from and then they're like oh my god I've adopted this thing that I actually is not mine and I've it's been dictating my life it's really powerful yeah it's definitely and it and it feels so it, I, th- I feel like it creates that real feeling of unease you know like you said because we don't learn these things and we don't learn to question where these beliefs come from or when we say things and whether we mean them or not. And I mean, I know for me, um, I start, I mean, I started my personal development journey probably about 10 years ago. Um, but even at the beginning of that, and obviously way before that, I always had that that feeling where, you know, when you're just like something isn't right. Like like I'm living my life and I'm, you know, day to day, I've, you know, got my kids and the husband and the job and I'm doing everything, but it's just, it's it's really quite hard to describe, isn't it? You know, something just doesn't quite feel right. Um, and it isn't until you start picking away at these things and really sitting back with, with somebody who can facilitate that for you, because it's it's very hard to do it for yourself. Um, yes. You know, we like to avoid things and we won't ask ourselves the questions that somebody else will ask us to make us really look at things. Um, but, you know, it isn't until you kind of sit back and start getting to know yourself and and when I say getting to know yourself I mean really like unpicking figuring out your core values kind of really getting back in touch with your innate well-being and you know questioning all the shoulds and questioning all your beliefs and and things like that but it's it just I don't 
I mean, I feel like this is a really kind of flippant thing to say, but I don't know why we're not taught to do this. Oh, I absolutely agree with you. I absolutely agree with you. And I think, again, this is part of my, this is why I love coaching, if I'm honest, is that I feel that it's more accessible. The coaching, the vehicle of coaching makes this sort of information and knowledge more accessible for a number of reasons, right? Um, we are getting better at mental health awareness and we are getting, as a society, we're still getting, we're getting better at like therapy and being okay with talking about it, but there's still stigma, there is. You know, I'm looking at the research at the moment around that and there's lots of wonderful efforts being made to break that and to bring, you know, those barriers down. But I think coaching is beautiful in the sense of, you know, this information goes across spectrums, across, you know, wherever you are. And I think different vehicles are good for delivering this information in different circumstances. And coaching is wonderful because it allows all people from every walk of life, no matter what's going on, it doesn't need, it doesn't need to be a crisis for us to start thinking about these things and evaluating these things and living life more authentically and more in alignment with our values. And I, you know, I could say really controversial things as to why <laughs> this stuff isn't made available. All I'll say is go and read some critical psychology and it will, you know, there's, there's systems at play and there's power dynamics that if we thought critically, because that's what it is when we start to sit and question and we're like, who, whose value is this? Why am I doing this? That's critical thinking, right? And um, it doesn't make good workers and it doesn't make obedient, you know, individuals within society. There's some amazing books by Burr and Foucault, and they talk about the power dynamics and all of this sort of stuff. Um, and so, yeah, I think there's possibly a number of potential reasons as to why this isn't being made available the way that it should, but I think it should. Yeah, I 100% agree. And um... I think if everybody was aware of it, we'd be very hard to sell to as well. Like the, the consumer world would, you know, pretty much crumble because, you know, all advertising and marketing of, of products, I say all, that's very, you know, widely cast and not all, but, mo you know, a lot of mainstream consumers do target us in a way that isn't gonna actually make us happy you know it's all such surface level things um and you know so, so many people and I've seen and I have so many clients I've seen so many people trying to you know it's finding happiness they want to be happier they want to find this this kind of like golden egg of happiness don't they and yes. And, you know, that's what consumers target with, oh, you will be happy once you've ordered a pizza or you will be happy when you've put on your video streaming channel, you've ordered your pizza and you've got your glass of wine, you know, and that's all such surface level stuff that doesn't make you happy. You know, it's that short term kind of hit of, oh, like this is nice and this is a good film, but that's not what makes you happy. That's not going to carry on into the rest of the evening and the rest of the day and, and fill up your your cup of happiness absolutely and it's interesting as well because it's kind of like I think we've been conditioned so again I talk a lot about conditioning and there's the critical psychology coming through here but we you know a, a really good book reference is governing the soul by Nicholas Rose so 
you know, he talks about all of this sort of stuff and the economy and all of that. And we've been conditioned to look externally, right? We, we haven't been conditioned to start to question, what are my values? What makes me feel good? Why am I doing these things? Because exactly as you've just beautifully demonstrated, it wouldn't be good <laughs> from a, a sales economic perspective and, and the current way that the structures are set up, right? And I think this is where I'm a little bit of a disruptor. I think it's good to start shaking the stuff up, possibly, you know, because it doesn't mean that having these things in our lives are necessarily bad. It's about how we use it. It's about how it's it's sold to us, you know, and it could all be done in a much more, I say, ethical way where it's not maybe working on our pain points. Like if you go and do a marketing course, say like, what's your client's pain point, right? That's what it's looking for. So it's kind of like it could be done in a much more ethical way. And again, as you say, if everybody had this information and we were all singing off this hymn sheet, it would be interesting to uh, see how the world will be impacted, really. I would love that. I'd love like a sliding doors type. Oh, that would be great. <laughs> oh, it would. It really would. <laughs> um, I'm really, really curious actually to know, because you've got this extensive training in coaching and also in counselling, um, just from your perspective, what is the biggest difference between coaching and counselling? Um, this has been something that I've been grappling with for a little while. So, you know, as you as you know, um, maybe the listeners would know, but I'm busy doing a PhD at the moment. And it's a research looking at professional, my professional practice, and with the view to have an impact on the broader practice of coaching. And one of the things that I found in, and this is how my research emerged really, is because I have that counseling underpinning and then the coaching I was finding I was like this feels like counseling but it's coaching and I can I be here can't I be here and I kind of turned it the gray space right and so there's a lot there's a lot the jury's out exactly where what I can say is that there's a lot of evidence that shows that there is a blurring of boundaries there is a there's a gray space there is an overlap at times and it's really what I'm finding in my research is it's about it's down to the coach and the client. And it's down to the coach's capacity, their training and expertise, their competencies, and the client. And how willing the client is to step into certain information and, you know, certain material, but also how resilient and resourced the client is. So how they talk about it in terms of, how much the client is in their adult self, you know? So can they look at certain material in a way where they are able to start taking the insights and working with it where they can implement change and take action and work with it in a, in a resilient way? Or is it starting to trigger the client to a point where they are overwhelmed? And so, it's case by case in some respects. But, you know, if a client is overwhelmed, then coaching might not be the right thing for them. And that is maybe when they need another type of support. And, you know, that, that support's extensive, you know, so you have all 
types of therapy. And I feel quite strongly about this as well, is that not every therapy is right for every client at every stage. You know, there's diff different therapies for where you're at, possibly, you know, and also what, the, what, what you're working on. You know, so, for example, if you've got somebody who's very anxious, um, and, it, and they overwhelm because I work as a coaching psychologist. I've worked with people who have anxiety, but it's not overwhelming their lives. They're still functioning. So in my, in my area, my boundary is distress but functioning. You know, that's one of the things that I look at and that they have capacity and they're not moving outside their window of tolerance. They're not into that overwhelm state and that there's progress happening and that's not my definition of progress it's definition of progress for the client right so it's like if it's the tiniest steps but the client is feeling that they're progressing forward that's amazing that's 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 perfect but if the client is stuck or if they're getting overwhelmed and they're in a state of distress then coaching might not be the right tool for them and you know so as I said with the anxiety example cognitive behavioral therapy is wonderful because a lot of that might be thought-based, but something else like maybe a trauma might not be best served by something that's cognitive behavioral. It might be best served, this is my personal experience, or something that's more like a body-based psychotherapy. So you have body somatic psychotherapy that uses, because the way that the brain processes information and traumatic experiences means that there's a lot of fragmentation and you can't always put things into words and actually connecting into the body and processing through the body is more helpful. And again, you know, in the world of psychology, they are slowly catching up. <laughs> they need to be a bit quicker about this. But they, there's this, the whole body-mind thing is a really important, you know, thing to consider as well. So very long-winded way of answering your question, but I think it's really about who are you as a coach? What are your levels of expertise? What are your levels of competence and training? Knowing where your limit is, knowing where you're out of your depth, right? And also with the client. What, where's the client? Where they're at? What is their capacity and resource? And how are you contracting with the client? Do they... Are they coming in and they're aware of the fact that, you know, this is how you work and they've signed up to that? Or, you know, it's, it's so I'm quite broad when I contract with my clients. I'm like, look, this is how I work. <laughs> this is my range. This is where I don't work. You know, I'm client-led, but just so that you know what you're stepping into with me, you're going to get something else with another type of coach, right? And so it's about informing the client because then the client's making an informed decision because ultimately it's, it's client-led, right? It's that, that empowerment of the client and it starts right at the beginning with the contracting. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for answering that question. That's really interesting. And thank you for sharing all of that. It's been absolutely fascinating as I knew it would be. <laughs> So thank you. And um, for anybody listening that would like to get in touch with you or find out a bit more about um, what you do, where can they find you? So I have my website, um, which is loretta-kundi.com. And I'm on Instagram um, with Loretta Kundi underscore coaching. And then you'll find me on LinkedIn as well, uh, just under Loretta Kundi. Yeah. 
Fantastic. And do you have anything coming up that you want to share? Any courses, events, anything like that? Thank you. Uh, yes, please. I'd love to share. I have a retreat coming up in June, which I'm super excited about. It's from the 19th, it's from the 16th to the 19th of June um, in the South Downs National Park. It's kind of um, just outside Surrey. Um, and it's a woman's only retreat. And actually, the conversations that we were having earlier really tie into it because the whole idea of the retreat is looking at the cultural values and social norms that shaped us and starting to unpick that. And, you know, I, Foucault calls it the creating your life as an art of existence. So you choose what you want to keep and you let go of what no longer serves you. And I've got a range of beautiful practitioners coming and facilitating with me. Um, I've taken a bottom-up, top-down approach. So there's some body-based stuff. There's breath work and sandbars. And we've got movement. And I've got someone coming in and doing foraging and remedy-making. So it's like this whole thing of, like, connecting back to nature. And I think as women as well, we've we there's a real reflection and parallel with us in nature and the cycles you know, that nature have and the cycles that we have as women. And, you know, I think also there's there's a whole heap of stuff that we've lost touch of those feminine qualities, possibly, that we might have shoved down. That sounds beautiful. Honestly, really, really amazing. Um, do you have a link to that that I can pop in the show notes for everybody? I absolutely do. Fantastic. So I'll put that in the show notes for anybody that is interested in coming along to that retreat. It sounds life changing, really does. And thank you. Thank you again, Larissa, for joining me and for sharing. And I hope everybody's enjoyed it as much as I have. because It's been wonderful. Thank you so much for having me along, Katie. I've really enjoyed it. It's been great speaking with you. Thank you. Likewise. Thank you very much. And thank you to everybody for listening. I will see you all on the next episode. Hi, and thanks for listening to this episode of the Behind the Business podcast, the personal development podcast for people in business. Remember to like and share with anybody who you think might find this interesting. If personal development is something that you are interested in, please head to my website, www.katiehumphreycoaching.com and see what packages I offer to support you with this. There is a range of packages from one-to-one coaching to joining my wonderful community membership. Please get in touch if you have any questions and I can't wait to speak to you soon.